Hello there, and welcome this week to Talking Flutes Extra, the kinda in-betweeny podcast sandwiched between the real ones by Claire Southworth, Professor of Flute at the Royal Academy of Music. My name is Jean-Paul Wright. Yes, I'm the old flutey duty geezer. Give me a bit of applause, will you? That's good for the old ego every now and then. As it's going to be our last podcast before we take the whole of August off, I'm going to dial into Claire and we're going to have a chat about our highlights of the year so far. Come in, Hove. Come in, Hove. Hello. Hello, Hove. London calling. London calling. Hello, Claire. Hi, John Paul. <laughs> right, being typically British, I'm going to ask you the obvious question. What is the weather doing down there in Hove? Well, it's clear, bright, sunny, about 25 degrees, absolutely glorious. Have you been for a walk along the front yet with the dogs this I've, morning? I've already done the dog walk, yes. Uh, um, did that earlier on. And I've also had a, a, a couple of sea swims since I last spoke to you, so Good grief. it's all going well. Good grief, sea swimming in Brighton, in Hove, sorry, not Brighton, you're in the posh bit, Hove. Yeah, it's absolutely glorious. Yeah, there, there's this new thought, isn't there, I don't know if it's a new thought, that you should shower for 20 to 30 seconds in cold water in the mornings to really set you up for the day. So perhaps going for a sea swim does the same. Yeah, yeah, we, we tend to go in the afternoon when it's very warm. And then you, you have a, a quick shower on the beach and then have a little snooze on the pebbles. We have a lovely, a beautiful pebble beach um, on the south coast, so you don't get mucky with sand. It's lovely. Yeah, where is the um, shower then, Claire? Is it near those beautiful multicoloured huts, beach huts? Yeah, yeah. The shower's all along the promenade. So posh down there. <laughs> <laughs> Claire, I thought I'd dial in because... We are, this is going to be the last podcast before we take the whole of August off. Yes, a summer break. Yeah, We haven't had a summer break, have we? But I think we need to give our audience their ears back. Because let's face it, you do the really good ones. I do the stupid ones. And, you know, I, th I think a four weeks of silence not, alone, not only will allow everybody to get their natural summer break away from the flute or in a different mindset, but also allow us to record some more so we can come back in September full of the vigours of autumn. Absolutely, and also lots of people take holidays in August, so it's a chance to sort of get away and not think that you've missed anything. Yeah, I always miss everything. Well, I don't. I'm, I'm sort of naturally nosy, but um, hey-ho. Claire, what's been your podcast highlights from the year so far? Oh, goodness, well, that's a question. I mean, we, we, we've had such... Um, an interesting year of, of pods. Um, personally, I found it fascinating to listen and chat to so many different musicians. And I've also loved all the questions that have been sent in by the listeners. So as for the comments we've had and the, the vast numbers of subscribers, we seem to have created a source that flute players are responding to and that they're learning from the various topics that we've, we've both covered. There's been such a, a, a range of subject matters. I mean, we've both got many highlights i'm sure so let me think i've enjoyed answering the questions which has meant i've had to uh research and think about the answers 
trying to think of any in particular. I, the study book one was very interesting because there were so many of them. I remember I got all my study books out of my music cabinet and was looking through them and trying to decide um, which worked best for me. And, and almost each book jogged a memory in me of, of how I found them to learn and how easy or difficult they were. I've also loved the interpretation podcasts where I've had to be very succinct and clear about quite complex pieces. So enough information to be useful, but not so much detail to lose the listeners. Yeah, that's, that's come over quite clearly, actually, is that um, some of the response we've had back is that instead of really dissecting it, which could end up with a podcast over one, two, three hours long, you've really been succinct and given the salient points with interpretation of each piece. I think that's, that, that was the, the only way I thought I could it, this would manage because, oh, I've got Pete barking now, it must be the postman. So excuse the barking. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Here we go. Definitely the postman. What's with it with dogs and postmen? <laughs> yeah, oh, he's very excited now. It's all right, right, should calm down in a minute. Um, <laughs> I've almost lost my train of thought now. What were you asking me? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just saying about how you've managed to make the interpretation uh, podcast very succinct. <laughs> yeah, this is the funny bit. This is, this is the bit we like. Totally non scripted. Yeah. Is he? Come here. Yes, he's a, he's a very good guard dog. Yes, we're talking about the interpretation pieces. Yes. So, yes, it's. I thought that if you, if I went into huge detail. If you don't know the piece and you haven't got the music in front of you, you'd be easily lost trying to listen. So I tried to pick pieces that I could play samples from and then talk about them, sort of the overall structure and, as you said, salient points. So it's it's enough to get started, but not enough to confuse. Absolutely. Have you got any more of those planned in the coming months? Yeah. Oh, yes. There's, I've, got, I've got quite a few. They do take quite a long time, so it's a case of I have to really sort of give myself space to, to, to think about how to talk about them in, in the ways we've just said. So it does take me quite a long time, but I've got, I've got quite a few ideas already on, on other pieces. Can I be very selfish? There's three podcasts of yours that um, stand out for me, and two of them were with the lovely and wonderful Wissam. Yep. And the other one was the really interesting podcast with your son, Joe. Yeah. Tell me about well, those three, how they came to be, hmm. and just the wonderful reaction we've had about them. Oh, yeah, we've had incredible reaction. Well, we some, of course, is, I was at, at college with Wiesam many, many years ago, an incredible musician. And he gave an insight into his world of music making. And it was great. We just sat, it just came down to Hove and we just sat down and we chatted and it just, we went on and on and on. It just seemed to be, it was terribly easy to talk to. I think it would be, it'd be really good if, to go back and listen to some of these podcasts, which you can do, of course. You go and look at the, at the past ones because it's easy to forget some of the really important things he talked about. I thought one very interesting aspect was his thoughts on orchestral playing. Yes, indeed. He did a lot of orchestral playing in the early part of his career. And I remember he was talking about that after a while he found that it was restrictive and it made him realise it was a direction he didn't want to take. 
And he was saying in his early orchestral career, he became sort of disenchanted with the attitudes of the orchestral musicians around him. You know, so they weren't sort of playing at that moment. They might be reading newspapers, not engaging with the music around them. This, of course, was before mobile phones, so I can imagine what it's like now. And um, he didn't like the politics, the cynicism and the jealousies. So he made a very brave decision to leave that world, to give himself the space to be more creative. And he was saying that if he hadn't left, he wouldn't have developed in the same way. So he was saying that, you know, orchestral positions are not the only way to succeed in the music profession. There are many other ways to succeed. So not to be forced into any one particular route. And I think that's a really important lesson for everyone to think about because often the conservatoires sort of channel you into being the successful orchestral player. And, of course, not everyone gets into one. And then if you don't get into one or, and you have sort of auditions where you don't get through and you feel that you've failed, it's very bad for your mental health, which I'm, we're going to talk about in a minute. So, of course, for Wee-Sam, he's gone through many stages in career, and now, of course, he's completely changed. He's got a new challenge with his conducting that also keeps his flute playing fresh. So one, one feeds the other. So his message was, don't be forced into any route. Go with what you feel is right for you. Indeed, and the overriding message underpinning everything that Wissam Bustani spoke to you about was love and passion. Love and passion, absolutely. And this ties in with, um, sorry to interrupt, with, with the Andy Scott chat I had, because he comes from a different perspective. And he said that he didn't ever feel that he was forced into a particular musical route. He just followed instinctively what felt right, which was very fortunate for Andy and not so easy for, for many others. And just a slight, on a slight tangent, he was, I remember he also talked about the importance for classically trained musicians to have an understanding of different musical genres because so much music has been written that has been influenced by different styles. And he was talking about our responsibility to listen and learn from these styles. Because certainly when I was at college, I was totally ignorant. All the different styles of music, I was just had the blinkers on it, it was classical music. So learned a lot, both from Wee Sam and from Andy. Now, moving on to Joe, your son. What a wonderful podcast that was. Uh, we we talked a lot in the in the previous podcast about mental health for musicians. So with Joe, it was about to talk about mental health, and it was fascinating. And I know it was enormous help to to many many people. And he just spoke very calmly and very clearly about ways in which you can work and live and get good mental health in order to progress, and how to avoid the pitfalls that we all get. Yeah, the simplicity of thought from a psychiatrist, which one would think, being a doctor, you would you could potentially overcomplicate something really quite simple. But he just opened the doors to, and the way he spoke was very clear, very calm, and very pertinent to everybody. Yes, I suppose that what that's what makes him a very good psychiatrist. He's gone, he's gone into the the right areas of 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 medicine. And like I said earlier, it's good to go back and listen to the podcast because it's so easy to forget the great advice we've been given. 
Yeah, and the one major one that I think he covered at the end of it is it's not a sign of weakness to seek health. Sorry, it's not a sign of weakness to seek help. In fact, it's a sign of strength. And that just jumps out and still resonates now. Yeah, it's a very brave thing to do, to go and, go and seek out help. Um, it's a sign, definitely a sign of strength. And it, it's hard to do, I know, but it's, if people are feeling down and struggling, then go and seek out help. There's a lot of help out there. Yeah, I mean, in the creative industries, it's... There's going to be times when you're feeling naturally quite low. There'll be times when you feel you're not achieving. There'll be times when you're feeling you're not moving forward. And especially as musicians, we're very emotionally based because everything we do is to do with a performance, which has to get an emotion over to an audience. So it is very, very important that we are open with ourselves. And if we feel that we are dry, we're going gradually down and our behaviour and our mood is becoming blacker as blacker, as Joe said, is to unashamedly speak to somebody and get help should you need. Yeah, absolutely. So I hope that's something everyone can take on board. So I, I strongly recommend that people go back and listen to the podcast, the Talking Flutes podcast with Claire and her son, Joe. And so, John Paul, what about your highlights? Oh, my highlights? Oh, uh, I actually prefer listening to yours than doing mine. <laughs> No, my highlights really, I suppose, having a good laugh and messing around. And I had a highlight when I rang Jose Valentino up at four o'clock in the morning um, and surprised him with an interview, <laughs> which could have gone one way or another. My I'm sure. I think my highlights really are, from a personal egotistical viewpoint, is that we've been able to continue these podcasts and we've done about 60 or 70 now, haven't we? And yeah. they're still going strong and they're still being well received. So my highlights are really, I think, Wissam and Joe, working with Jose Angualo in Los Angeles were certain highlights for me. Yep, yep. I mean, there's, there's um, I said, we're, we're both having a, a good think about... Uh, sort of new ideas and uh, new topics to cover. Yeah, we've, um, we've very much flow, don't we? We we react to what comes in from our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. And and so we're, we're very keen for people to write in and tell us what they'd like to hear us talk about. Remember, Claire is for flute playing, and I'm just for... Well, I'm the middle bit. I'm the, I'm, I'm the in-betweeny podcast that, uh, uh-huh. that, that add a little... Well, actually, we take it downhill, really, don't we? <laughs> Do you know, well, sh- I'm not sh- so sure about that. I shouldn't I shall be- to, to mention today, one thing I'd like to chat about in the future, but I'm going to mention it, mention it today because it's, it's happening to me just at the moment, is about the way in which we access our music and the, all the technology developments, like podcasts, for example. Um, but the way we interact with online services. And I remember being stunned um, some years ago when one of my students had forgotten all their sheet music but said to me, no problem, I'll get it all up on my phone. So <laughs> it was very small to look at. But it, it worked in terms of we could still have a lesson. I couldn't actually see anything on the phone. It was too small for me. But they managed to read all the music. And it's interesting there's even an orchestra now that uses, they all have iPads to read their music, which is a sort of a fascinating sort of development. And I've just come across a new 
online service called Encoder. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't, no. Right, now this is, um, it's a music streaming service that changes the way we interact with sheet music. So you connect via an app from, I think, from the Apple Store, I'm not quite sure, but with an app. And then you have access to a huge library of music parts and scores that you can save them, download them, you can highlight, mark up, you can share. So a teacher could share a piece of music with the whole class. Really? Yes, everyone can look on their own devices and learn collectively. Or you could use it in chamber music groups. And then you can play hands-free and use Bluetooth pedal for turning the pages. So this is the future of sheet music. Online, but on your music stand. Oh, I look, and there's, I look forward to the podcast on that, Claire. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, there's, a, there's about 50 publishers already signed up to Encoder, which includes my publishers, Astute. So my publications are, go, are going to be on there as well. It's it's very simple website. It's, it's encoder.com, and Encoder is spelt N-K-O-D-A. And it's, you know, it's it's. I know that we'll never replace hard copy sheet music but it, this sort of thing allows you to have greater access to lots more music I mean I suppose it's similar in the, um, the book publishing world so if, you, if you're going on holiday but I go on holiday I like to take lots of books I remember once going to France and I had 11 books for over two weeks but we were going by car so that was fine but you know if you're going on holiday you want to take lots of books people use a Kindle or their, their iPads uh, which is a, the answer, so you don't have to carry everything. But it's also lovely to have the actual book, the feel of it, the look of it, the actual physical presence. So that's not going to disappear. But having this online resource, I think, is the way forward. So you don't have to carry loads of music with you wherever you go. That sounds fab. But, do you know, I've got a little weakness when it comes to books and music publications is when i open a score or a tutor or something i give it a sniff every oh, so do of, I. every piece of music has a smell to me that's right that's right i mean i have a slightly di- a slightly different i have a, a collection of of scores you know miniature scores yeah that was this i uh, was left to me by my grandfather because he was a great music enthusiast and he had about, I don't know, 400 musical, miniature musical scores, which has been a fantastic resource for me because, you know, whenever I was in an orchestra and I, was, you know, if I happened to be playing some symphony by Joe Bloggs, I, I would probably have the score for it. So I wouldn't have to go and search out the part. I'd have it in my library. God, I bet they've got a great smell, haven't they? Well, he, he was a pipe smoker. <laughs> Christmas <laughs> Every Day. time you open a score... You, you smell this pipe, oh. the pipe smoke, and I can just see him sitting there <laughs> going through his scores with this pipe in his mouth. It's, it's, so it's, not, it's not an unpleasant smell, but it's, um, it's a familiar smell, if yeah. you like. Unlocks memories, just like you said. Unlocks memories, yeah. Just like when you said earlier, when you pick up a piece of music or you listen to a piece of music, it'll unlock, unlock a memory that you've had playing it or being with someone when you've heard it. Yeah, so... These online um, streaming services do not take the place of of owning that music and the, the look and the feel. I love my I love my sheet music. I I love I said the look of them, the feel of them. I like looking through them. But you know, if you're if you're travelling and you need 
lots of music and you're or you're going for lessons you need lots of music rather than having to carry everything you could just have it all on your ipad i've been very guilty in the past claire of actually turning up at exams with lots of bits of sheet music and i'd forgotten one piece so uh, if it's all on your ipad then there's no excuse is there no unless you're extremely extremely talented like do you remember the story of dave heath when he was on trial with the halle or the bbc Philharmonic, I can't remember quite which one it was. And he was on Charles' principal flute, and they were playing Trike 4, Leonora 3, and he realised as when he got there that he'd left all his music back in London. And so he busked the whole of the, the, the rehearsal session. Good and grief. And the conductor didn't notice. So he just did it from his <laughs> memory. Different so, world. It's a different it's world. It's a different world. But sort of these days, you can... Put it on your iPad or your phone, and you've always got it there just in case anything happens. Fabulous. I look forward to that podcast, Claire. Um, Very briefly, your uh, Kickstart project with Andy Scott Music, how's that going? It's going really well. I'm I'm, I'm very proud of it. I'm I'm so proud of the music Andy wrote because I, I just love all the music, all the all the different genres. You know, he talks about how important it is for us all to, to learn about these different styles because so much of the music today is influenced by the different styles. So it was um, a fantastic, fantastic compositions, uh, great for beginners. It's, a, it's, it's for beginner flutes. It'd be quite nice if you could, if you could play one for us. Sure. Um, track, Claire. Which one would you like me to play? My favourite one is the last one, number 24. Number 24, okay. When we finish our little chatette, I'll fade into number 24. Do you remember the name of that one, or was it just number 24? Um, it does have a name, but I can't remember <laughs> offhand. Yes, I've got you. Yes, I'm in trouble now. Aren't but I? I'm sure you can find it and, and let us know before you play it. <laughs> of course I will. I would strongly recommend Kickstart's uh, website. Kickstart Flute, actually, isn't it? Kickstart flute online, and it's it's a different it's a different type of beginner tutorial. It's coming from a different angle. Anyone can play a duet with you. Anyone can play a duet with me or with their teacher, and there's backing of bass, guitar, drums, and keyboard. And like I said, you're you're introduced to all different styles of music. Yeah, um, Latin, Latin which is jazz. I've always been a lover of music. Not a lover of, not just a lover of classical music. And it's important that everyone should listen to all different styles. Right, well, I, I can only endorse that because sometimes you've got to get those hips moving, haven't you? You've got to get those legs moving and not just stand static. Yeah, it frees you up. Listening to different, different styles frees you up. Just wish I could dance, though. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm one of those guys that would probably stand by the bar with a pint of beer rather than dancing on the dance floor. There's no harm in doing that, John Paul. <laughs> there is one. You can only, you can only down one and then you, you're, you're half cut. Right, Claire, what are you going to do on the sum, your summer break? What are you, what are you planning? Well, well, like I've told you at the start, I've already had a, a few sea swims. Yeah. Um, so whenever the weather's good enough, we, we only have a, a three-minute walk down to the beach, which is wonderful. For some of those, it's, it's a chance to recharge. I've always found that this space of the summer rate allows me to think about new ideas, new challenges, and a thought for the, the, 
I suppose, the structure of, of the year ahead. And I suppose I'm, I'm very aware that I've not answered all the questions that have been sent in yet to Talking Flutes, but I am working through them. They do take me quite a bit of time because I do do quite a bit of research. So be patient, they'll all get answered. So yeah. sort of recharging and, and trying to think of new things. Fabulous, fabulous. Yeah, it's because I always send you the hard ones. I, I nick the easy ones. Yep. well claire i wish you a wonderful august i really do and even though i'm popping down to see you in a few weeks time to begin the recording some new ones but uh, from be on behalf of talking flutes which is claire and talking flutes extra we are going to bid you a wonderful wonderful summer and we look forward to talking to you again in september and we're going to be played out by number 24 whatever that's called. Thanks a lot, Claire. Thanks, John Paul. Have a good summer. Take care. Talking Flutes and Talking Flutes Extra are podcast productions by the Trevor James Flute Company. For more information, visit trevorjamesflutes.com.